Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of Hemel Hempstead. We wish as we do once a week. We come out and we declare God's word. We come and preach the way of salvation. The Bible makes very plain to us, my dear friends, that we come into this world and we're unsaved. The Bible makes very plain that our sins have separated us from the God of heaven and earth with whom we have to do. The God of heaven and earth who is perfect and who is without sin, God one day will judge every man. The Bible says this and makes uh, this very clear. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. One day we will all stand before Almighty God and if we I'm sure have opportunity today we should hear what God's Word has to say. The Lord Jesus Christ came into this world and he lived a perfect life like none of us could ever live. We know we have done plenty of wrong things even today. None of us have lived as we ought. None of us have loved God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind and our strength. And we certainly haven't loved our neighbor as ourselves. There are many things that we have failed to do in our lives. And uh, many things we have, as it were, we've swept under the carpet. We think other people perhaps don't know, and of course perhaps they don't know about our past and things that we've done wrong. We like even to pretend that God has forgotten. But friends, nothing is forgotten by Almighty God. And he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be the sin bearer of his people. That is to bear their sin and to live that life that they could not live. And to give to them his own righteousness. And that righteousness is received by faith, believing upon God's son. I want to bring some words this afternoon from the Gospel of Matthew and the chapter 7. The Lord Jesus Christ has just finished preaching the Sermon on the Mount and these are some of the concluding words of that sermon. And he says this, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many be therein which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few be there that find it. The Lord Jesus is speaking about two ways. One is a narrow way, and one is a broad way. That narrow way, as he makes very clear, is that way of himself. He said, I am the door. If any man enters in by that door, he shall be saved. It is a narrow way because the Lord Jesus being that door demands, first of all, that we acknowledge our sin, that we confess our sin. The Bible says, whosoever confesses and forsakes his sin shall find mercy. The one who is truly penitent sinner comes to God through the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. He said, no man comes to the Father but by me. And that is the way that a man is to enter heaven, by Jesus Christ. The Bible says, there's no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. So the sinner must come and acknowledge his or her sins and come through the Lord Jesus. He is called the one mediator between God and man. My friends, there aren't many mediators. What is a mediator? A mediator is one who goes between two parties. And we have offended Almighty God. God is the plaintiff. We are guilty. All have sinned, says the Word of God. And the Lord Jesus is that narrow way which we're looking at here. Enter in by the straight gate. That word straight means constricted. And you can't get through, my friend, with your pride. With, uh, I suppose, really even any idea of self-worth. We have to realize that we have forfeited all heaven. There's no possibility for man to enter into heaven without denying himself. We have to strip ourselves, as it were, of all baggage of self-righteousness. This gate cannot be got through if we carry the idea that we must bring something to God. My friend, salvation is the gift of God. And if a man adds anything to the work of Jesus Christ, whether it be circumcision or even good works, the Bible says these things are a stench to God. The Bible says even our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. If we try to think that somehow God will accept our good works as some form of merit, for a good standing before him, he says, even our righteousnesses, because we have not done them with a view, with an eye, to glorify God in our life. Many people do good things, they say, because they like to do them, but they don't live for the glory of God. You see, we have to understand this. When God made this heaven and earth, he did not make us to live some sort of autonomous life without God. Have we acknowledged that God is the first of all the giver of life? The one who has brought us into this world. I think it's a most foolish idea to think uh, that we have evolved from some cell or something like that. When you look at the created order, there's no evolution going on. That's nonsense. We don't see any uh, half men, half apes walking around. God made everything. Look at all the different species. They uh, mate with each other. It's a perfectly ordered world. But it's not the world that God had made because when Adam and Eve sinned, it, it was subject then to the curse. We're told that. And this is also why we die, because of our sin. But God had announced to Adam and Eve there in the garden that he, one day he would restore fellowship with him again when he would send the seed of the woman that is his son into this world. God promised to send a saviour into the world right back 
in the Garden of Eden after the fall. He said in Genesis 3.15 that the seed of the woman should come into this world. That the woman even after Eve and then one day Mary would bear a child. And he would be no ordinary child. But that he would be the Redeemer, the Christ. Mary in her womb had the Son of God. She was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was with child, we read. We read in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 that his name shall be called Emmanuel, which is meaning God with us. And that name Emmanuel is also found in Isaiah chapter 8 and then announced to Mary that the child that she would have his name shall be called Emmanuel and also another name he would be given Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins so when he came into this world my friend the Bible says when the fullness of time was come forth God sent forth his son born of a woman and he said of himself that I am the door. He is effectively saying here, I am that straight, that narrow gate. And he says that straight and narrow gate leads to a narrow way. The Christian life, my friends, first of all, is acknowledging our sins and acknowledging that the Lord Jesus Christ is God the Son. But he is God the Son come in the flesh to live a substitutionary life of perfect obedience to the moral requirements of God's holy word. We've all broken those ten commandments. But the Lord Jesus never broke a single commandment in his life. He could say, I always do those things which please my Father. My friends, none of us can say that. We have sinned every day of our life, but not the Lord Jesus. But he says that if any man comes to me, he will in no wise cast out. He is that door. And then he says that narrow door leads to a narrow way. There are many people that I've met in my life that have said they're Christians. They've understood the basic message of the Bible but there's no change of life, no change whatsoever. And they live a sort of broad, self-styled kind of Christian life. They were never really a Christian. When someone is a Christian, God changes their heart so that they come to Christ, so that they believe upon him. They're given eyes to see their sin. Of course, everybody knows they're sinners. But they are burdened with their guilt and they are troubled in their heart over their sin and it grieves them that they are sinners. They don't like sin. You know the Bible says fools make a mock at sin. That is, they treat sin lightly. Sin is not to be treated lightly. That's why we die because of sin, it's the consequence. And sin, the Bible says, has spread to all men. It's not a laughing matter. But then what after that? 
were after death. Well, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Yes. And then the Bible also says it's appointed unto man once to die. Yes. But after that, the judgment. It's not the end, my friend. The Bible speaks of a second death. And the Christian hates sin because it grieves God. And he knows that apart from God's forgiveness in Jesus Christ, he will not be acquitted. You know, my friends, there's going to be a great day of judgment. In the book of the Revelation, chapter 20, we read that everyone in this world will stand before God's almighty throne and give an account of his life. And we read that men shall be judged according to their works, according to their life. And that's a very solemn thing, my friend. One day to stand before God and all your past read out to you and you'll be judged for those sins. What an embarrassing, humiliating day that is going to be. What a solemn day. And then to be cast away forever and ever. Well, Jesus Christ, we're told, was once offered to bear the sins of many so that he would be that door to heaven, so that he would be that entrance, so that he would give eternal life, as he said, to as many as the Father had given him. And I wonder, every time I come out and preach here in the open air, are there still some of the Lord's people to be called? out of this world. It's very clear and very plain from the Bible that not all men will be saved. Man came up to the Lord Jesus Christ in the Gospel of Luke. We read it and he asked, will there be many that will be saved? And the Lord Jesus turned around and he said to that man, strive to enter in. And here it is again. Enter in at the narrow gate. Why? For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Let me ask you, are you in a broad way? Do you think that somehow God will be accommodating to your sin, to your past? Well, that's not what the Lord Jesus said. He says in this very chapter, many will say, Lord, Lord, on that day, open up unto us. And he will say, I never knew you. Depart from me. My dear friends, when God saves people, He shows them their sin and the loveliness of the Lord Jesus. We say, friends, He's a wonderful Savior. He not only saves from the wrath to come, but he, he saves and He gives a person a new life. A person is changed. And uh, glad to see people here today in wonderful agreement. Because they will tell you too that the Lord is good. That the Lord is kind that the Lord is merciful. And somebody might ask, well, what makes a Christian really tick? Well, I'll tell you what does. Forgiveness. To be forgiven of your debt. Your debt of sin. Let me tell you something. Man has a great debt before Almighty God. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about, the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. Separation from God. And we have amassed sin all of our life. In fact, I could say, if I was to have a journal, 
over my life, every day of my life, I could put over it sin, sin. But I know that my Saviour died for my sin, and I have forgiveness with God through the Lord Jesus. And those who are the Lord's will come to Him, and they will confess their sin. He says in His Word, Whosoever confesses and forsakes his sin will find mercy. My friend, God is a merciful God. And that is what makes a Christian tick. He's so thankful for the very God of heaven who made heaven. The Bible says, All things were made by him, that is by Jesus Christ. Without him, nothing that was made was made. We read in John chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word, we're told, was made flesh. Jesus Christ is the eternal Word of God. Please don't listen to what the Jehovah's Witnesses tell you. They will say that He is not God. But the Bible makes very clear that He is God. When Doubting Thomas touched His hands and His feet, He said, My Lord and my God. And the Lord Jesus did not turn Him away. He is God the Son. Come to live in the flesh, my friend. To suffer and to die for His people. To give eternal life to as many as come to Him who is the door. My friend, do you know Jesus Christ to be your Savior? He is the Savior only of those who He calls His sheep. And He says, my sheep hear my voice. They come to me and I give them eternal life. And He says to them, enter in by the narrow gate. He is that narrow gate. And he is also that narrow way because he commands us what we should do in life. You see, some people have this idea that being a Christian is just at one time in your life you, you confess your sin and then you can live how you want. But surely, if you see sin to be so terrible, you don't want to live in that sin. And God gives his spirit, he gives his power, to turn his people away from their sin. And this is the wonderful thing about the Christian life. It's not a do-it-yourself religion, let me say. Christianity is not do-it-yourself. God comes and he indwells the believer and he gives power for life. Truly, we're told that everyone that is born of God has the Spirit of God and is born again. We read in 1 John 5, 1, Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Yes, they're a new creature, a new creation, the Bible says. All things are past. While there might still be uh, this battle against sin, it, it is a completely changed life. And my friend, this is what I preach to you. That the Lord Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is that narrow way, not the broad way. You know you have the broad church today. People speak about the church being a broad church. Well, that is so wrong. So many things today are tolerated in so many so-called churches. We, we could hardly call them a church today. And I wouldn't wish to castigate any 
particular church. Perhaps you know what I'm saying. There are many immoral things we know are wrong. Our consciences tell us that those things are wrong. But those things are now being celebrated by the so-called churches. My dear friends, marriage, for instance, is between male and female. This is very clear. And uh, where would society be if it were not for the wonderful union of a husband and wife? Civilization would cease to exist. People have parents, and people should obey their parents. We live in a day when people jump up and down about tolerance, and it seems that the only thing not to be tolerated now is if you stand up for what is right and what is wrong and men call good evil and evil good it's a terrible society things are not right as we look at it we live in a world friends of increasing sin I'm not come out here to moralize you but I'm telling you that the Lord Jesus Christ is the way and the only hope for this country or any other nation is for men to fear God and to walk in his ways, to walk in his commandments. You know, politicians can let society down. But God's way is right and pure. God's way is the way. If we want to learn how to frame our life, the Bible tells us so clearly that the way is through Jesus Christ. In, in a minute, I'll, I'll be, just finish it. Won't be long, so I'll take your question. The Lord Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And my friend, he is the only one that has never sinned. And he calls sinners to repent and to believe in him because he is the Savior who died for unworthy sinners to bring them to God. Peter says, of Christ, that he is the just who died for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. And he has his people in this world that he has promised to, to save, and he will save them because he died for their sins. On the cross, that's what he said. I am the good shepherd, he said. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He has come to give eternal life. And he puts a new spirit in them, and new desires. Yes, Paul says this of a Christian. He says that he has the Spirit of God. He says, he that hath not the Spirit of Christ is none of his. And so, my friend, I would exhort you to implore you to come and to seek the Lord. He is the way. He is the door. He says you must enter in. Being a Christian is not having a cross around your neck. Or having it on your passport, that does not make you a Christian. But a Christian is somebody that has believed on the finished work of the Lord Jesus. That he is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. The Bible is so clear, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Man has no hope in himself to be right with God. The Bible says even our righteous acts because they done for self and not for the glory of God are an abomination to the Lord. I know that's a very 
humbling thing to hear. But have you given thanks to God for giving you life, my friend? Every breath that you have is from God. We owe Him life. We owe Him everything. And He sent His Son to die for His people, that He might give them eternal life. Well, I would exhort you, friends, do come along. We are a local Bible-believing church here in Hemel Hempstead. And we meet every Sunday. We call it the Lord's Day because it is called the Lord's Day in the Bible. 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. And you'll receive a very warm welcome if you come along. That's We meet Nash Mills Village Hall on the corner of Lower Road and Red Lion Lane. And you'll receive a warm welcome if you came along. Please don't deceive yourself, friend. All of us have sinned. The Bible says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we have been convicted of our sin, the Lord Jesus is saying right here, enter in by that narrow way. The Lord Jesus is that narrow way. He, he said, I am the way. He never said I'm one of many ways, but I am the way. And that way, my friends, requires that a man, a boy, a girl, humbles himself before Almighty God and acknowledges their sin and turns from it by the grace of God. God does give all grace and strength to those who He calls. And they, as we read here, will enter life eternal. Enter in, ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. My friends, it's everlasting destruction. And many be there that go therein. Because straight or narrow is the gate. And narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And life there is eternal life. This life is very, very short, my friends. Perhaps much shorter for you than for so many others. We don't know what a day brings forth, but soon we will have to enter life eternal either with God or without Him. It's a solemn thing. And there is no such place, my friend, let me say, as purgatory. It does not exist in the Bible. This is a fallacy propagated by the Roman Catholic Church. It is wrong. It is against the teaching of Scripture. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. If, indeed, purgatory were true, the man on the cross, dying next to the Lord Jesus, would have been told, you'll go to purgatory that day. But the Lord Jesus said, no, you will go to paradise with me today. Why? Because he was a forgiven sinner, a repentant sinner. And those who confess their sins, will find that they have mercy. Seek the Lord, friend. Time is short. Young people, I see many of you walking out here. You do not know how long life is for you. So seek the Lord now, while he may be found. Well, thank you for listening. I bid you a good day.